y'all. This week I am interviewing Shannon Ochoa, who is one of the co-founders of Eden Invitation. If you have not heard of them, go look them up. I will have their website in the show notes. Um, I love Shannon so much. We met at the Fem Catholic Conference in 2018, I believe, maybe 2019. <laughs> who even knows? Time doesn't matter. But um, I met her at the Fem Catholic Conference. We hit it off right away. We started talking, first of all, just because her name is Shannon Ochoa. I'm Letitia Ochoa Adams. And we wondered if we were cousins and we laughed about that. And then we just had a really great conversation. Um, I've touched base with her here and there every once in a while. I'm so happy to have this conversation with her. I think it's so important for us as Catholics to understand what the church's teaching is on LBTQ plus issues um, and to live those teachings out, which are not preached currently in um, the popular Catholic media. It has become such an issue where there is no witness of actual church teaching. And anytime anyone tries to be a witness of that, um, they get called a heretic or that they're not actually Catholic and all kinds of stuff. It is not an easy conversation. It's not an easy issue. There are so many questions and not enough space to be able to have those questions and those discussions and that dialogue. I think it's very important. And I'm going to say this right now in the space that we're in, right? this specific second in 2020, where people are questioning the legitimacy of an American election, where we have people who are also saying that we need to have dialogue and peace and unity and that anti-racist activists are supposed to reach across the aisle and talk to Trump supporters. I think that if that's the vibe we're going to have right now, then we also need to go ahead and have the conversation about how we need to reach across and talk to people who identify as LBGTQ plus and how as Catholics, we can have those conversations. Full disclosure, my daughter is gay. She has, she came out of the closet when she was in junior high. We have gone through a series of issues. I'm not going to go into details of that because that's her story and her life. But at some point, I did not handle it well. I lectured. I was angry. A bunch of things. Um, But in the course of that, what I have learned is how to love my child. I don't have to choose between my Catholic faith and my child. In fact, choosing... (laughs) goes against church teaching. God gives us our children to love them. And it shouldn't have to take burying one of them for you to understand that. That's what it took for me. I hope that is not what it takes for you to understand that your children have the right to their own journey. They have a right to their own mistakes. They have the right to their own life. They have the right to their own sins. They have the right to their own relationship with God regardless of what those sins are. I, my oldest son, Anthony had two children outside of wedlock. He lived with his fiance. Um, he never talked about marrying her until the day he died. So I loved him. I loved my grandchildren. I still love them. I still love his fiance. He's still a part of my life. And that is no different than if my gay child 
has a relationship. I have to tread those waters lightly. Why not watering down my faith? Not um, disagreeing with my church on her teachings and also loving my child. And that is the messiness of life. It is the messiness of parenting. And if you do not allow your children to come to you and talk to you about these things because you are not a space where they can fully tell you what is going on with them, you will regret it. Your children will will hide things from you and you will think everything's fine until it's not fine. And that is the truth about parenting. It's the truth about mothering. It's the truth about vocation. If your spouse can't come to you and talk to you about stuff, then it is going to cause a problem in a relationship. And I'm telling you all of this stuff from experience, not from a, a vibe of superiority, but from experience. I have not always, and I still struggle with being a place where my family can talk to me about what they really feel and their real opinions. I have a very, very hard time doing that. It is one of the things that I want to work on as a New Year's resolution for 2021. But anyway, so I hope you enjoy this conversation with Shannon. She's really great. Like I said, go visit Eden Invitation, support their work, learn about what they're doing. They just got a grant from OSV, our Sunday visitor. And I am so proud of them. I'm so proud of the work that they're doing. They're 100% obedient to church teaching and 100% a safe place for uh, people, Catholics who identify as LBGTQ to create a community and I really cannot, I wish, I wish I could shout from the rooftops how much, how proud I am of this initiative. I think it's so great and so wonderful. So with no further ado, here's my conversation with Shannon Ochoa. Okay, so, um, have Shannon Ochoa, which is so funny because we're like, I don't know, some we're, we're cousins now. <laughs> That's just how. Oh my gosh, yes. Ochoa out in the wild. You're like, yes, we're. <laughs> um, so, so true. Yeah. So can you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and your organization and what y'all yes. are about? Yes. Yes. So my name is Shannon Ochoa. I am from a Chicago suburb originally. Uh, now I'm in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, And yeah, so I uh, co-founded and now I'm the director of community care for uh, an organization called Eden Invitation. And so what we do, we're a movement for um, young adult Catholics who uh, would be on like that LGBT spectrum, uh, LGBT plus, uh, as well as just like experiencing same sex desires, gender discordance, but wanting to be able to create a space uh, to help people like live a vibrant yes. (laughs) I think oftentimes when it comes to the church's teaching around sexuality, we all know what like the no is, Uh, (laughs) but you can't, you know, as my co-founder says, like you can't live a vocation of no, Um, like we live a yes, it's a call, right? Like, I think it's like vocare or something like that. I don't know the Latin, that's not my strength, but, um, yeah, like it's a call. And so what we do is we empower people in discipleship who have this experience, um, to just like press into prayer, to find deep community, to, um, have spaces where they can be vulnerable and to, uh, just be empowered to share their gifts, to not just be on the receiving end of ministry, but to be empowered to give. 
um, to know their gifts and how they can, can be at the service of community, one another. Um, so yeah, that's really generally what we do. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I've been seeing y'all's name pop up everywhere because yes. y'all just got a huge grant, right? Yes. Praise be to God. Yep. Through um, OSV, our Sunday visitor, their innovation challenge. So they, it was like a cool little shark tank vibe, um, nice. which I, I really appreciated. Honestly, I don't watch that show that much, but it was really intimidating. Um, but yeah, so it's super cool. We get, we got a grant to be able specifically go towards developing local, like small groups, local consistent nice. communities, as well as during pride month of wow, 2021. Okay. Time, I know. time these days is all over the place. Um, but to during pride month, which is June, 2021 to release testimonials. Um, just because I think we see a lot, I don't know, one of the greatest gifts of the secular LGBT space is they have joyful witnesses. Yes. Um, yeah. And so we want to be able to provide like, okay, what is the joyful hope, um, and the joyful witness look like in the church? Um, yeah. so anyway, <laughs> yeah, on Saturday. So, so this is kind of what I want to talk to you about, but let me yeah. tell you a story. So Saturday, mm -hmm. the election results were announced mm -hmm. or whatever. And so, um, as I came out of the shower, my granddaughter, who is the darkest one of my mm -hmm. children or granddaughter, you know, she's mm -hmm. really brown. We, we love her so much, but she's always like, mm -hmm. I'm the brownest one. And we try to tell her like, you're beautiful. This and that. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, she, she was watching the TV as I was in the shower because we were waiting to see mm. what was going to happen or whatever. And she goes, um, I think Biden won. She was like, and that lady, she's brown like me. And I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. she is. Mm -hmm. And because they're so small, I'm obviously not going to get into like the politics with them. <laughs> I just felt like she saw someone who looks like her yeah. and she could see it at four yeah. years old. So I took them downtown in Austin just to mm -hmm. like see what the vibe was. Yeah. And I mean, the LBGTQ community was so mm -hmm. joyful like mm -hmm. my all my girls saw was joy they didn't mm -hmm. understand and I wasn't going to get into them well I had yeah. my daughter Felicity with me mm. and um Felicity came out of the closet to me when she was 13 years old mm -hmm. and I did not handle it well whatsoever mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I know she was sitting in that passenger seat just waiting for the lecture from me about mm -hmm. the church's teachings or whatever and I just mm -hmm. didn't give it to her I was like yeah I said, you should have brought your pride flag. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I would have brought my Catholic flag. Like, <laughs> like, you know, and, and, and the thing I just, I really wish that I could encapsulate that moment for people mm -hmm. because I know when she came out, I freaked out. I didn't handle mm -hmm. it well. Mm -hmm. I lectured her. I brought the priest over. <laughs> like I did the whole Mm -hmm. typical catholic mom mm -hmm. scenario that you see in all the movies and shows <laughs> <laughs> i don't know where we find the playbook to this little system but it doesn't work like i've never known anyone who was like you know i was mm -hmm. raised catholic i came yeah. out to my parents they freaked out they kicked me out and you know i became a good catholic after that like that's not the story we hear right yeah 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 so mm -hmm. in your experience, you know, talking to, um, in your experience running this organization and mm -hmm. having these relationships with people, what is your just layperson's advice to Catholic parents who feel maybe they have to choose between one or the other? Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, that's a, a really good question. And I don't know, it's cool to hear as well, just the ways that 
you've learned to like be available to and accompany your own child too. Um, and so I don't know, I think, I mean, from the get go, if a child comes out to you, uh, praise God. Yeah. Uh, I think from like, just from the get go, I mean, that is an incredibly vulnerable thing for someone to share and to trust you enough as a parent to tell you that um, is going to be, again, like you're, you might be one of the first people they tell, or you might be one of the last because they're terrified to tell you. Yeah. Um, and so it just holds a ton of weight for that child. Um, so I think first and foremost, I mean, I thank you for saying from like your lay perspective, <laughs> I like am not, I don't know, like the psychological development of a child to know exactly what's appropriate to say when. So thank you for calling that out. Um, but yeah, I think first and foremost, thank them. Uh, the first thing you can do is thank them for their vulnerability. You're not compromising on the faith by yeah. saying that, um, you know, in so many ways, in scripturally, when we look at um, people who had come before Jesus, who like scripturally, like we would consider outcasts or like weren't upholding the faith, which the Pharisees didn't in yeah. its fullness either. Anyway, um, <laughs> but Jesus would, he would just like receive them first, right? Like um, <clears throat> he would sit down and talk to them first. Uh, and so I think, yeah, that first thing is to, is to listen is to yeah. thank them and listen. Um, and that's not compromising your faith. Again, you're wanting to know and understand if someone comes out to you to ask them like, okay, tell me a little bit more about that. Like, I, well, first I love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But tell me a little bit more about that. What's that been like for you? Um, right? Like it's like the prayer of St. Francis, seek first to understand. Um, and so I think that's the best first posture. And again, that's not compromising your faith. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's like the first way I would approach it. <laughs> and I think like for me, I always can looking back now, what I would tell myself is mm -hmm. that this is the beginning of a relationship. Yeah. Like it's a, sh it's yes. a shift in the relationship, but it's the beginning. So you don't have to have mm -hmm. all the answers. You don't have to give any answers. You don't mm -hmm. have to freak out about their soul because God is good. Mm -hmm. You know, God, mm -hmm. God isn't going to zap your kid. Yeah. I think so many of us have that idea that God's going to zap us. So we like automatically, <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah. I think that it comes from a caring place when we, when we freak out, yeah. when child yeah. comes out, it comes from a very caring place, but we have to realize that that's not mm -hmm. who God is, that God is mm -hmm. good, loving, kind, mm -hmm. merciful. Um, and, and all of those things, right. For, so first, I think for me, I had to learn that for myself yeah. first. And then I could um, extend that to Felicity. Yeah. Losing Anthony really taught me, um, uh, you know, Anthony died by suicide mm -hmm. as a self-proclaimed atheist. And mm -hmm. so I've had to entrust his soul in, in God's yeah. hands. So I feel like, well, I can trust Felicity's too, because yeah. I mean, it's the, yeah. it's the same concept, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Well, and I feel like too, yeah, you bring up a, a good point too on like, you needed to like surrender things yourself before you could like surrender your child to some degree. Yeah. Because I feel like that's part of it so often. Um, I think when a, when a child comes out, whether they're a younger child or an adult child, um, I mean, one, again, it's like anything really vulnerable. Um, like I know, for example, a family member who, who came out about certain mental health stuff to my family. It was really hard, yeah. really, really hard for my parents. Um, and I think oftentimes it can be easy to, um, 
then blame yourself (laughs) for a lot um, with regards to sexuality, with regards to mental health. And I think to, to what you're saying, and I know it is gritty, hard, ongoing work, um, but just that opening it up of like, okay, Lord, like my child shared this with me. I don't know how I handled it, but like, I, like you love me in this too, you know, like yeah. you love me. <laughs> I don't, I think that's really important. Like to, to, to do your own interior work, yeah. um, knowing that like your child is trying to figure that out too. Um, so I just, I don't know. I just really love that you shared that piece of like, I need to just surrender this. Uh, let alone before I could like uh, <laughs> dig deep into yeah. some of that with my child. And the reality is, is that like your child has been figuring this out for themselves longer than you've known it. And so I think to some degree, give yourself a little bit of a breather, <laughs> you know, like don't like, it's okay. Um, but also too, there is, again, there's that reality of like, uh, like enter into your conversations um, knowing how precious their life is, yes. um, and, and trusting that like Jesus plays the long game. Yeah. Um, you don't have to like set, we always joke about this at Eden Invitation. I feel like people feel like they need to set like an egg timer of like, well, if I don't tell them the church teaching <laughs> after like 10 minutes, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Like I'm going to hell. They're going to hell. It's like, Whoa, everyone's going to hell. Well, <laughs> yeah, again, like Jesus literally chose the disciples. They were living with him and in close community with him for three years. And one of them still flat out denied Jesus <laughs> as crucifixion. One of them turned him in. And then yeah. also too, like it wasn't until Pentecost that Peter's like gung ho for the Lord, <laughs> like all out, you know? And so I think that's a reality too, is, is trusting the time that we have like with those individuals, whether they're our children, whether they're our friends in our lives, um, investing in them and those relationships. And then too, trusting that like Jesus, like the Lord's playing the long game. Um, and so too, like, yes, we can pray for people. Yes. When it, when there's trust in that relationship, you can ask them hard questions. Um, but again, you, you need that established relationship. And even too, Jesus let people walk away. And if that, at the end of the day, like if you've, if you love them, you've been present to them, one, they might be more likely to want to talk to you about stuff if they do walk away. Yeah. Um, but two, that um, it doesn't mean like God doesn't love them. <laughs> <laughs> or that you anyway. can't love them. Yes, right? <laughs> this is another thing like, you know, Felicity had mm-hmm. um, her trans flag and her mm-hmm. big giant pride flag. Both of them cover like half of her wall in her room. Mm-hmm. And so we had father come over. We have yearly house blessings. We have mm-hmm. since we came into the church, which was in 2010. So, and the same priest blesses our house every year. So father mm-hmm. um, comes to bless the house. And I said, well, here's Felicity's room. It's probably a mess. And I open it up. <laughs> I had totally forgotten about her flags, you know, yeah. and I was like, oh, this is it. And so father just blessed her room. Mm-hmm. No mention, no conversation, again, mm-hmm. no lecture. And we went on about our evening. And after mm-hmm. he left, Felicity said, if I ever come back to the church, it's going to be because of that man. Wow. Like that, mm-hmm. I don't think we really Good understand job. the level of, um, the level of awareness mm-hmm. that our children have of how Mm -hmm. we treat them in the name of Jesus, you know? 
Yeah. And it's yeah. all a test. Like even now she won't go to mass and she says, because she understands that the Eucharist is real mm-hmm. and um, she doesn't agree with church teaching. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, so I'm not going to pretend because I think God is owed more than me pretending. And Dang, I, that's yeah. like deep reverence. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I told her. Wow. I was like, that is so yeah. reverent wow. and so honorable. Dang. And yeah. she just really, mm. she started crying when I told her that. Cause she was like, you don't think I'm a horrible person? And I was like, no, I think that yeah, that is no. so, until mm. you are good with him, you're not gonna, you know, pretend. I feel like that is the mm. most honorable thing for me. And mm. in, in my opinion, you know, I was like, I don't know. We have to ask yeah. father. And she's like, eh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I feel like too, it kind of reminds me of the, like the story of the prodigal son. I think, um, Henry Nowen talks about it in the sense of like, we should actually title it essentially like the story of like the loving father or the merciful father. And it reminds me of the older son where it's like, he's kind of pretending. And like, to your point, it's like, praise be to God for that authenticity, um, where she wants to, she wants to like name that. Whereas I feel like that, that, kind of like wall up the like pretending that the older son in that passage does actually like divides him from the father. Yeah. Um, and so that, I don't know, that's just a gift to be able to have some of that um, authenticity. Cause I feel like too, right. When we talk about like churches teaching on sexuality, if we look at it, uh, what is it? The general directory for catechesis, my background's in ministry. So I've like <laughs> had to learn this stuff. But um, where it talks about just like the way that we kind of like grow in our faith and the church's teaching on sexuality is, I think it's like within perfective catechesis or something along those lines where it's like, this is like deep moral theology. Like people know that they're loved and that they can trust God first. (laughs) Ask people to ascend to that without any sense of relationship with the Lord, without any sense of like, who's going to want that? And so I think again, too, I don't know, like that's, that's a, that you start, you don't start with like, yes. get here right now. <laughs> anyway, sorry. And no one, and no one gets there right now. I think that that's mm-hmm. another thing that what you're talking about, like the people that are, I, this is why I tell people all the time for the love of God, please stop listening to bloggers and Instagram Catholics. Mm-hmm. Like I know mm-hmm. I'm a blogger and an Instagram Catholic, but don't listen to me either. <laughs> like, like I wish I could cite mm-hmm. everything that I talk about to people go to the direct catechism mm-hmm. the direct teachings or whatever yeah. but it's like none of us are in the place that we expect lbgtq plus people to be mm-hmm. we expect mm-hmm. them to be in a place we're not even at to preach mm-hmm. to them like it's like yeah. it's all a relationship the first yeah. step is knowing god loves you mm-hmm. more than anything and then from there the lord does the heavy lifting Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? The conversation, the, the fact that my child isn't going, none of my three surviving children are not going to mass, but they have conversations with me about their thoughts and their feelings mm-hmm. and all this and that about God. And to me, it's like they're in their room having conversations with God. And yeah. it is not my job to get to interrupt those conversations. Mm-hmm. My job is to love my children so that when they have those conversations with the Lord, however they're having it, it's mm-hmm. probably, it's definitely not pious piously it's Mm -hmm. probably Mm -hmm. a lot of you know um angry words but when they're having those conversations they know that they can come out of their room and talk to me about that too Mm -hmm. and that's that's Mm -hmm. our place you know yes yeah well and I think too 
Um, I feel like I have like two things in response to that. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I think it's Matthew 26. I'm going to totally botch this, but um, it's Jesus speaking to the Pharisees. And he says the whole piece of like, you tie up heavy burdens for people, but you like, do not do a thing to lift them. Um, and I think like, again, the reality is, is the church is teaching around sexuality. It's, it's not easy. Um, but I think when we ask people to live it without doing a thing, like without doing a thing to lift some of those heavy burdens and to like take that on ourselves, um, whether that's like living radical community and inviting someone on your family vacations who like might be single trying to pursue this. Maybe that's like actually asking your kid how they're feeling if they like, or what their experience of the faith has been if, yeah. if they have a really hard time with it to like actually listen. Um, even to, this was kind of my second piece. I think it's important as a parent to know what your children are like checking out and reading. Yeah. The reality is, is like, there's so much on YouTube. There are so many resources out there for young um, LGBT plus individuals um, that I think it's good to know like what they're receiving too. Like, yes, get your formation from the faith. Like you were saying, like go straight to the source, the catechism and scripture too. Um, but also too, like, I think it's good to know what they're reading too, yeah. so that you can understand the language that they're using and ask them about the language that they're using or what they've read and like what's helped them understand their experience. Um, because again, like, right, like Pope Francis, which we won't get into the whole conversation about <laughs> his documentary, but right, like in um, Evangelii Gaudium, he talks about taking on the smell of the sheep yeah, I don't mean that. Like, I don't mean that. Like, oh, like, like children with this experience are smiling. No, um, but I, just in that sense of like, no, you should know like what what they're like digital natives. Like, what seems natural to them in the in the resources they're reading and receiving. So anyway, to that point too of like the tying up heavy burdens, get to know like what some of that like burden, so to speak, looks like for them. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that that's the important, the, the important part in that is to yeah. be also comfortable around secular mm -hmm. people, the secular yeah. communities. Because I think so many times we want to stay in this Catholic bubble, which I, yeah. I honestly don't understand that because I... <laughs> I can't, I, I can't, <laughs> but yeah, like yeah. Uh, one time so my husband used to own this pest control company and yeah. the place where he went to get his chemical, um, is like on this road that in Austin is known where prostitutes go, uh, you know, mm. prostitutes go up and down and work this road. And one time he took me with him and it was like nine in the morning. Right. And, um, mm. I'm sitting in the truck and I get a, the, someone knocks on the window and I look and it's this woman, she's carrying a six pack of beer and mm -hmm. some cigarettes and she's like hey can I have five dollars mm -hmm. and I was like I was like sure and then I was like what are you doing I just opened this conversation with her and she was yeah. like hey you want a beer because she was you know she was ready she had a taco some yeah. cigarettes a beer she was ready for breakfast and I'm over here like asking her all these questions yeah. so finally she's like hey do you want a beer like if we're gonna have yeah. a conversation yeah and I was like sure so my husband mm -hmm. comes out and he's like how are you drinking a beer with a prostitute at nine in the morning I'm like I don't know she's got interesting stories <laughs> and like she's just yes. talking to me and yeah. I remember telling some of my, you know, Catholic blogger friends and they were like, mm. what the heck? And I just think like, you have to mm. get, I am so comfortable in that environment. Yeah. Like 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I feel like too, something I always like to say is like the gospel's grungy. <laughs> like it just is <laughs> like, it's like gritty, like 
I don't know. Jesus yeah. just like doesn't hold back. Um, and I think that's the reality is like, we need to like get in touch with those elements of ourselves too. And like realize that God meets us in all aspects of our life. And so like, who are we to not, again, to what you were saying of like, oh, yeah, I just had a beautiful conversation with this person. Like, who are we to shut someone out um, without having the opportunity to like see God in them and for like us to real reveal like who God is in us? I don't know. Yeah, to your point of like, yeah. It's like, do you think God it's natural to me? <laughs> you think Jesus was in heaven and he was like, hey, you know what I think? I feel like I want to take a vacation on earth among these crazy people <laughs> in this dirty place. Like, no, you know, he was, he did it because he loves us. And yeah. like, I remember someone telling me that Jesus becoming man is like, a, it's mm. like a human being becoming an ant to try to go help the ant survive. Mm. And mm -hmm. I was like, so if, G if God can do that, if Jesus can do that, then I can definitely put myself in these, you know, spaces that aren't all Catholic and clean and crisp mm -hmm. and like have all mm -hmm. the right theology or whatever. Cause we're not clean and crisp too. Yeah. Anyway, regardless to what you were saying <laughs> earlier, but sorry, I did not mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, no, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. That's exactly it. And mm -hmm. so many times I see people just kind of cringe when they see pride mm -hmm. flags or whatever. And on some level I do get it because um, I, we are Catholic, we have our teachings and, and it's really sometimes difficult for me to step outside that and go, oh, but it's also not my job to, mm. um, be a Pharisee in this situation mm -hmm. and be legalistic or whatever. But uh, so I see people cringe and I think that you're, you're to your point that you made earlier, you're kind of missing out on a lot of joy. Cause if there is a joyful mm. community in this world right now, and my, mm -hmm. my granddaughter, Aaliyah said, they're so happy. Mm. And you know what she's never said when she's gone to a church event, you know, like, yeah. and I think we, we could learn something too. I, I yeah. know it sounds crazy that we could learn something from the LBGTQ community. I mean, sarcastic, but like <laughs> can yeah. learn, um, radical yeah. joy you know yeah well and again too i think um like in so many ways that we are remiss if we don't look at the world around us right like i know bishop Barron talks a lot about like how can we see what's good in culture and like elevate that and i think that's part of it if if we don't look at what's around us and like see what's good call it good and like can like elevate um, or bring Christ into that too. I think we're just like, we're lost just because, I mean, that's one of the things that I've seen, um, in more secular spaces with regards to this experience that like, yeah, there is a sense. I mean, the language of chosen family is really big and yeah, there's layers between of like getting kicked out of houses and yeah. stuff like that. And statistics about homelessness, but there's a reality too. um, of that there's this sense of like, who are the people who are gonna be committed to like doing life with me? Yeah. That's like really gritty community, intentional community. I don't know, I've, I watched the show Pose um, that was about like the ballroom culture and the initial trans movements in like the 80s in New York. And oh my gosh, like they have something called like households and families. And again, like there's this sense of deep commitment to seeing like each other find careers, you know, yeah. like grow in their own ways. And so I think like we can learn from what gritty community looks like in that space. And to your point, 
like what it means to, to witness joyfully um, and to lean into vulnerability. And again, I think we can do that in the church too. Um, yeah. And we've got like, we've got Christ. Why are we like, why do we, I don't know. Why do we only resort to like apologetics? Like why aren't we li living it ourselves? Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's how I, I, feel, that's how I feel too. And I think, and, and, and the thing that we know as Catholics is that being in a community is ingrained in who we yeah. are, who God created yeah. us to be. Yeah. Jesus Christ was in community. You know yeah. what I mean? He lived with parents until he was 33 and then he mm -hmm. had disciples. Do you think he got disciples just cause he was like, Hey, you know, I need some friends. No, it was, a, he was teaching us everything Jesus mm -hmm. did was to teach us. And so that yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and to be able to have a family community as mm -hmm. well, like my kids are so crazy. So, um, so my <laughs> yeah. other son, like over the summer, like tells me that he is a communist, which I'm not going to get into like what that means. He's not, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. I'm not going to defend it. But anyway, and so, so Felicity like laughs and goes, I think Gabe had a harder time coming out as a commie than I did as coming out as <laughs> Oh my and so gosh. we just kind of all laughed, right? Yeah. But it's like this sense of community that my kids have mm. with one another where it's like they can disagree and we all disagree. Our dinners mm. are fun. Like we're all just like this, <laughs> yes. that, but this. And I come with like mm. church teaching and the philosophy and all this and that. Yep. And my kids come with whatever they're watching and their thing. But it's a sense of community that I can say and be myself yeah. and you're not going to reject me. Yes. Well, and too, that, that you want dialogue. I think that's something yeah. we've lost yeah. in, in recent years of just like everything is so divided and like we just shut people out without any sense of dialogue. And to your point, I just like love that model that even if your family disagrees that you're like, no, I'm going to bring myself fully here. You're going to bring yourself fully here and let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, we know we love each other and there you go. <laughs> yeah. And that my grandchildren yeah. get to sit at the same dinner table and see this and have mm -hmm. these conversations. So they're not, they're not getting one um, ideology or opinion or agenda or whatever. They're getting mm -hmm. so multiple. So, so they're, so Aaliyah was saying um, she's seven about to be eight. Mm -hmm. And she was telling me, she was like, a lot of my friends watch shows on YouTube. She's like, I just watch dinner. <laughs> Yes. Like so, in our so. theater. <laughs> and and so oh, they, they so get funny. to know, they get to show up how they are as well. And I, mm -hmm. I, I think that that is the greatest lesson that mm -hmm. uh, Felicity has taught me. Um, even though I just realized it, but that's probably the greatest lesson she's mm -hmm. taught me is how to keep a sense of family in my yeah. family. Cause I was yeah. never going to kick her out but yeah. she would have left if I had kept lecturing her. And, yeah. and, and instead I learned how to be in relationship with her and it's mm -hmm. not easy. It's not. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm not trying to like paint this pretty picture. I mean, it's not mm -hmm. easy. We still have our disagreements, mm -hmm. but, um, but to be in that relationship really is yeah. what family is about. And that's what the gift of our children is like mm -hmm. the gift of our siblings, the gift of our aunts yes. and uncles. Yeah. 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 It's like learning to press into that relationship even when there is disagreement and to be able to celebrate joys and victories and to be there when yeah. there's yeah tears and sorrow. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Mm. Um, okay. So where can, uh, people find you and like, um, so, <laughs> cause this is what I get all the time. Like my kid just yeah. came out. Can I, well, who do I con contact? And I just give mm -hmm. them y'all's website. Is that <laughs> great? Well, for us, so we, 
serve who's a part of our organization, you can find us at EdenInvitation.com. We have webs, our website has a blog, it has different resources if this is your experience or if you're wanting to learn more about the experience. Um, and then we do serve uh, with our online book clubs, our retreats, it is college age and up. Um, but obviously parents can, can read the resources, get to know how we're articulating things. Um, and even too, we have resources listed on our website that can connect parents if they do have younger kids as well. Um, so you can find us there or on Instagram and Facebook, Eden Invitation. That's about it. <laughs> we don't engage with Twitter. We don't engage with Twitter. Oh, me neither. Twitter is crazy. a dumpster fire. It's like, I so we're like, we're not going there. <laughs> I just, I agree. And I, I, you know, at some point I was like, what's the good that's happening here? And I just couldn't find any. So I was like, mm -hmm. I'm out. Now, I mm -hmm. think that there are some Catholics who do really well on Twitter. And I'm like, I'm leaving that to them. And that's, mm -hmm. this is one on a final note. This is another thing that I, I think um i believe strongly is that i believe we all have our own gifts right and just mm -hmm. because your gift is not speaking directly to a specific community doesn't mean that you can't support the people who are so for instance mm -hmm. i you know my i tell felicity this all the time the slot in my life for the lbgtq community is taken by this one child of mine mm -hmm. who i love and, and and am in a relationship with so then i support you guys because mm -hmm. I know y'all are doing the hard work, right? And we don't have to do it all. Like mm -hmm. we have gifts and what mm -hmm. we're good at and then we can support yep. one another. Amen, amen, amen. Coworkers. <laughs> yes, in the vineyard. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you so much for being on with me and having this conversation. I've been looking forward to it so long. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I love it, I know. I love that, yeah, amidst such a often heavy conversation, I feel like we were laughing like half the time. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Since the moment I met you, I think we've been laughing through this. I was like, oh my God, your name's Ochoa. And then we just, yes, ran. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Awesome. Oh, okay. okay. I'm kidding. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Shannon Ochoa. Um, I will put all the information on the show notes of how you can find Eden Invitation, their Facebook, their Instagram, and their website. Again, I really uh, encourage you to go look at it, to go learn about them, and to share them far and wide. Also, next week, I will probably be taking a break for a little while. Um, my for all of you who do not follow me on social media, my cousin passed away last week. It was a little shocking, not sudden, but shocking. She died of breast cancer and it kind of took the wind out of me. I spent a lot of time at home, so I really have a lot to write about, to process, and to think about. I want to be able to have better conversations on this podcast and I just want everything to be the way it's supposed to be to make this the best. I, I don't have a problem really doing this podcast. It's pretty easy. I go in my closet. I record it on my phone. It's done and I mean it's really easy but I do want to be able to plan shows a little bit better so that I can give you guys quality content. Uh, if you become my patron you will get 30 minutes a week of me and my husband, Stacy, who landed on Saturday from Iraq. 
So that will be one of your perks. And I am coming up with some better perks for my Patreon. I'm just trying to get a little bit more organized now that I have some help around here and I'm not flying by the seat of my pants. I'm also working on some writing projects that I'm really excited about and I can't wait to share with you guys. So anyway, so I will be taking a little bit of a break, probably next week for sure. I might come back for one more episode to kind of close out this very first season and do a better job at planning the second season um, starting in 2021. So I'm not going to be gone if you don't see any updates on this podcast It does not mean that I'm gone. It just means that I'm actually organizing my life, which is kind of shocking. (laughs) But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's show. As always, please, please, please share these podcast episodes. And I ask you to support me on Patreon because that is what really helps me keep going to do this work, to do this podcast, to do my writing, all kinds of other things. I hope you guys have a great week. Um, Thanksgiving's right around the corner. So be safe, guys. Have a good week. Bye.